This episode is brought to you by Michael's Business English, the online language school for busy English language learning professionals. Learn more at michaelsbusinessenglish.com. You are listening to the International Careers Show, a podcast dedicated to supporting international students, professionals, and business owners. We'll be diving into case studies of people just like you, as well as talking to thought leaders and experts to learn more about how global citizens can navigate and achieve success all over the world. I'm your host, Michael Rincon, a former six-figure analytic consultant turned ESL instructor and career coach and the founder of Michael's Business English. Building an international career is hard work, so if you're looking for help, you're in the right place. Okay, welcome back to the International Career Show. I'm your host, Michael Rincon, and today's episode, we're going to talk about the International Student's Guide to Networking with Jonathan Javier. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jonathan is a TEDx speaker and the founder of OneSulting, a professional training and coaching company that supports those who come from non-traditional backgrounds slash non-target schools to get them into their dream careers. Jonathan has conducted over 80 workshops internationally. His clients have uh, received offers from companies like Google, Amazon, PwC, Fargo, Walt Disney, Riot Games, and many more. Welcome to the show, Jonathan. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Mike. And special shout out to Mike. This is the man. This is the legend. I am not the legend. He is the legend. Thank you so much. I actually got to give credit where credit's due. Um, so <laughs> I actually was having doubts about the podcast, and then Jonathan and I talked, and he's like, yeah, I love, the podcast sounds great. It's like, okay, I'm doing it. So I got to give credit. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. Okay, uh, Jonathan, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself in terms of background, education, experience? Yeah, of course. So I graduated from the University of California, Riverside, class of 2017. And I remember when I was trying to get into my career and I was applying to hundreds of these jobs and no one would respond to me. I was like, man, like, what am I doing wrong? Is the system teaching me a way that I should be utilizing the application system in order to get into my career? And I realized that wasn't the way. And so how I got actually all my jobs, specifically at Snapchat, Google, and Cisco, coming from a non-target, non-traditional background, was simply from using LinkedIn. So I used LinkedIn, whether it's through LinkedIn message, content creation or personal branding to get into not only all three of those companies, but also to start Wansulting, which mission is to turn underdogs into winners. So helping those who come from non-traditional backgrounds, non-target schools, and helping them get into their dream careers. So, so far we've done over 90 now in the past year and a half. It has been absolutely incredible. Like you said before, I'm speaking, uh, I'm doing a TED talk, and that actually came from LinkedIn too as well. So we're really gonna go into today about LinkedIn and how it's really made a difference, not only in my life, but how it can make a difference for those listening in. Right, right, thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, I just wanna point out like, um, one thing that Jonathan posted about the TED Talk is like, even for the TED Talk, uh, he didn't apply for it, he got referred in, which I thought this was really mm. cool about that in a few minutes. But I think this is a really important message I want to get across about like applying versus referring. Uh, before we get to that, though, can you tell us a bit more about your mission? How did you discover your mission to turn underdogs into winners? 
Yeah, how I discovered it was really interesting. So when I was in college, I realized that schools wouldn't come to recruit for some of the top companies. So there had to be a way where I could be able to utilize the platform, which was LinkedIn, in order to get into my career. So what I did was I reached out to professionals every single day. There are so many professionals out there, and I reached out to thousands of them monthly. And for me, I had this attitude where I was like, okay, if someone doesn't respond, that's okay. Because there's thousands of other people that will respond to you because that can make the difference, especially in your career. And so that's what I did. I reached out to a bunch of professionals, a bunch of recruiters, was able to utilize that in my career. And so I realized that a lot of these recruiters and professionals were actually recruiting for jobs. And that's actually that's how I found my job at Snapchat. And so Snapchat was my first draw out of college. And I was able to get that just by messaging a recruiter on LinkedIn who is specifically recruiting for the role, which then led to that opportunity. Wow. So I love that. I love the story about um, how what you notice with a lot of the schools, um, unfortunately, the companies like Snapchat, Google, uh, Cisco, Microsoft, the big companies, they won't they're not going to come to most of the schools. They have mm-hmm. what you called target schools and what you did the thing that really stands out to me that i want to just highlight was that you reached out to thousands of professionals monthly and you reached out to people every single day yes i reached out to so many people and the thing is mike like a lot of people will be like man like all these professionals aren't responding to me right but if you think about it what happens? So this is what I always get, right? There's going to be professionals who will add you back versus doesn't. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if there is that one person that will add you back as a connection and will have a phone chat with you, that is the most important. And when someone doesn't respond to you, what do you do? You move on. It's like dating apps. If someone doesn't respond to you on a dating app, what do you do? You move on because it's more efficient to see. <laughs> Glad you didn't actually ask me that question because that would have been a different answer. But but no, that's a good point. Like I think um, the reason I wanted to highlight that was I've seen posts and comments from people. Like one person said, "I've tried everything," and this was I think not on your post but on someone else's. But she was like, "I've tried using networking. I've tried LinkedIn for a year. I've done everything I can." And then somewhere along the way, she makes this comment: "I reached out to three people and no one responded, and that's when I gave up." <laughs> No, that's so funny, Mike, because, yeah, people will base the networking aspect only on a few people, but you have to reach out to multiple people. In this terms of reaching out to people, it's more of a quantity because if you only reach out to five people, they might not even be active on LinkedIn. So you got to reach out to people who are active. Right. Right. Okay, let's talk about... Um, one of your mottos, which I can't wait to talk about this, is that mm. you have to say, don't apply, get referred. And I just want to reiterate, like um, today, he, Jonathan posted uh, on LinkedIn about the announcement for uh, TED Talk for the UCR uh, takeoff uh, that's coming on May 27th. And what he said, I was going through the comments. And this is what I said. I, he said, that I loved it. Uh, somebody made a comment and he commented back. Yeah, but I didn't apply for this. I got referred in. And it's like, <gasps> so <laughs> <laughs> about don't apply, get referred. 
Yeah, of course. So why I always talk about don't apply, get referred is because, especially when you come from a non-traditional, non-target school background, you have to utilize that networking aspect in order for you to get into your career. And so for me, that's what I did specifically in regards to TEDx, right? So I simply applied to the apply to it in October, mm-hmm. didn't get didn't get offered in regards to speaking. But then what I did was I kept growing my personal brand on LinkedIn. Some people then referred me to TEDx, who were specifically there organizing it. And then they reached out to me. I didn't even say anything. I literally was like, oh, sure. Right. But the thing is, what's credible about them, Mike, is that they those things become the best stories because then you can inspire other people to do the same. And how you can get referred and don't apply is actually really simple. All you have to do to get referred to a role is simply ask. It seems kind of common sense. Right. But if you think about it, a lot of people, what they think is that there's a barrier between you and a professional or a barrier between you and a recruiter when you are speaking to them and want a referral. But in reality, the recruiter and the professional doesn't know what you need help with. So you have to express to them what you need help with. And so when I was networking with people, I would be like this. I would just say, hey, you know, thanks again for chatting with me on the phone. I really appreciate it. You know, I saw this position on your website for an operations analyst position at Snapchat. I'm really interested in the position. How do I get an interview? The answer to that question of how you get an interview is simply you get referred to the role, which the person will then give you the referral and be like, yeah, Jonathan, here's the referral. If not, then you basically say, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Who else would you speak to in regards to this opportunity that I could speak to? Then you do the whole cycle over again. And that is how you get that referral. Because what you want is you don't want to be in the application pile. You want to be in the referral pile. What the mistake people make is this. They think that if they send 500 applications, they'll hear back from one. When in reality, a recruiter will only see the referrals because there's a thousand applications, there's 50 referrals, there's five jobs. Why would the recruiter ever look at the applications when they can just pull their qualified candidates from the referrals? Exactly. There's no reason why. <laughs> and that's why it's important to get referred to roles. And it's funny when you mentioned that was I was when you actually asked that question, like why would I want to look at the, the the pile? And I actually tried, I was trying to think of answers. I was trying to think, well, you know, maybe, but you know, when you do the math, ten thousand applications, <laughs> five hundred referrals, five jobs. Exactly. And just the math just doesn't add up, you know, even the referrals have to compete against each other, but Still, it's just like it just shows you. And I want to point something else out to you about um, get how important it is to ask, but ask for specifically. I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jonathan. I think you made a post about this was in one of the speaker series. You had talked about when you were laid off, I think from Snap, uh, you made a post about it and your network mm-hmm. saw you made a very specific ask. I don't remember exactly what it was, but someone saw that post that you made. And that's how you ended up getting the next job, which I think was at Google. Is that accurate? Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. You talk a little yeah. bit more about that post. Yeah. So when I got laid off at Snapchat or basically outsource, what I did was basically, you know, there's there's two different ways that you can take it. There's two ways that there's there's two ways that you can take rejection. Right. Number one, you can basically fall down 
and be unmotivated, or you can fall up, meaning you utilize it as motivation in order for you to get into your career, whether it's now or in the future. And so what I did was I created a LinkedIn post because no one was creating a LinkedIn post. Right. No one was expressing that, you know, the, that these the news occurred. And so I did the first one. I did it. But at the end, you know, I, I always said in the body, I was like, hey, I'm really grateful for this opportunity. I was super happy to be in it. But I'm looking forward to my next role in XYZ, next role meaning in the tech industry. So then in my mind, I was like, what's the worst thing that could happen in regards to posting on LinkedIn about me getting outsourced in my role? Mm-hmm. Nothing. The best thing that can happen is a recruiter or professional will then see it and then reach out to me. And that's exactly what happened. So when I made that LinkedIn post, about 10 recruiters hit me up. A lot of them commented on it too as well. That's when the person from Google hit me up and interviewed me and I got the job there. And that's how you do it. So if you guys are in COVID-19 right now and you guys have been foreloaded or laid off, make a post about it, be vulnerable in it. And just show that you're ready for the next opportunity and share your experiences and skills so these recruiters and professionals can see what you bring to the table. Right. I love that. I love, I think the, the big takeaway I got from there was there, there were two things. The first one was uh, being grateful, not being not being bitter, but the way you frame rejection, like, you know, you're grateful for the position as opposed to being upset that it let you go. You know, business is business. You uh, have the, you could have been upset, but you chose to, be grateful you you accepted the reality of the situation the second thing which i think is also important is that you asked for a specific role right whereas a lot of people mm-hmm. when they make these posts they typically just ask and they're not very specific yeah. give me a job my visa is expiring and you know um you know it's very hard to like i, I got a post recently from a direct message from someone and they were like can you please refer me to a job and it was a guy who was a random person from another country and he had i didn't even know his background so like it's like what can i do i don't i don't know how to even help you in the first place and so it just makes it really hard so i think the, the specificity the specific ah, i can't say it being specific in your ass is what's critical here yes and i was gonna say like you have to be specific you can't just be like hey i'm gonna work at Google and work in any position, you're not making the job easy for the professional or the recruiter. You have to know what specifically what you want or the specific field or industry that you are interested in. You should definitely express that, especially when you're speaking with professionals and recruiters. Right. All right. So can we talk about, Jonathan, more about the challenges and misconceptions international students face compared to local students? Uh, you've held a few uh, panel series we've actually led with international students. Some of the mentees are international students. There's actually a challenge going on right now with yeah. mentees with the, where they're telling they're doing similar to what you suggested. They're telling their story on LinkedIn and being vulnerable and sharing the challenges they've had. Can you talk a little bit more about some of the challenges international students are facing? Yes. First off, huge shout out to Alvin Sang and Olaseni. They are the ones who started that challenge. No credit to me. They just right. asked me for approval. I was like, yes, of course, right? International students and professionals are awesome people. That's why we created the International Underdogs into Winners community, because we want to help them get into their careers. The misconception about international students is that you cannot get into a specific company or industry because you require a visa. Some companies, they do require, they do require that you, you can't, I mean, you, they, you can't be sponsored, for example. But there are companies that will sponsor you as long as you are a great candidate and you fill the needs in the job. 
and you are able to get into your career and you can do so through the networking aspect. If you're an international student listening to this, you have to follow the concept as I talked about of don't apply to get referred. The reason being is because you are a true underdog. A lot of these companies do require sponsorships. If they simply see on a piece of paper that you require sponsorship but don't know who you are and what you bring to the table, they will simply reject you. That's why it's extremely important to do the networking part. Reach out to the hiring managers and professionals who can refer you, who can give you ins and outs of how to specifically be successful as an international student. Another thing too as well, if you're an, if you're an international student, reach out to other international students. I believe that a lot of the international community, they reach out to, to, to professionals and students, but they're not international. If you reach out to other international students and professionals who have been able to get into their careers, then you can be able to network with them and then ask them, hey, how are you able to get into your career despite being an international student? When you do that, and you're able to see exactly what their career path was to get there, and then you replicate it. That is what the most important aspect of it as being an international student. You just have to follow in the footsteps of those who are able to get into their careers here in the States. Follow them, and your future will be solidified. I like how you said that. I think it's really important. I think that's a good observation, too. Um, so let's talk about, let me touch on that. The first one was that a lot of companies have. Uh, company uh, company policies that sit, that say that they cannot sponsor visas. So that's that's kind of like very touch and go, basically meaning that um, there's really not much you can do. If the company policy is this, it's very hard to overcome it, especially if you apply for a job online. They don't know you. They're going to sort of reject you flat out. Uh, the second point I want to make out what I thought was interesting, which was um, the not just networking, but a lot of international students are not necessarily networking with the right people. They're talking to other students or other uh, employees, but they're not talking to people who have actually been in their food steps. Food exactly. Right. Mm. Been an international student, like how do they get there? I want to touch on the, the company policy thing a bit too, just for a minute, because I just finished reading a book called Power Ties. And this is from a guy who used to work as a headhunter for Monster. And what was really interesting, he, he says very similar to what you say, Jonathan, about don't apply, get referred over and over and over, but uh, specifically for international students, he talks about like company policies, I thought it was interesting. And it, uh, for if you're a student listening to this, don't like take this as literal word for word, Michael said, go do this, but understand <laughs> nuance. Uh, what this guy says, and I'll, I'll put this in the show notes as well, but company policy can be overturned if the manager is willing to fight for you. But for the manager to be willing to fight for you, they have to know who you are and they have to think it's a business value proposition. They have to believe that you are somehow going to be the best candidate compared to all the other you know, thousands and thousands of applicants, which um, it's not that hard when you look at some of the applications that are being submitted. Most people don't even try. So if you're, yeah. if you're gung-ho, if you're a serious international student, um, definitely take this, uh, this idea of like, I need to network and take it seriously. And go, especially, I love this idea of talking to international students, job seekers, professionals who have the job that you want and find out what they did. Because one thing that came up in Power Ties is that there were special considerations for different visas. So for example, if you're from a certain country, 
um, you might actually have access to a different kind of visa than the typical H-1B visa, or you might get a special addendum to the H-1B visa, which will increase your chances of actually getting a visa in the in the first place if you get an offer because of a visa lottery. So lots of things to consider there. Yeah, no, that's, those are great points. And yeah, everyone who's listening, like Mike said, the manager will fight for you. So how would the manager fight for you? The manager will fight for you if you make a good impression. And that means you have to reach out to that manager. You have to reach out to them and express your interests and your experiences. And by doing so, you will be able to stand out as a candidate. Great, I like that. Jonathan, can you talk a little bit more about some of the students that you've seen? Like they've just like crushed it in the as an international student. They they've gone to your webinars, they've gone to your workshops, they've done the pay it forward challenge, and they're just killing it. Do you have a few case studies you can share with us? Yes, one hundred percent. So there are four international students I want to call out, or international students. There are four international students slash professionals that I want to shout out for sure. Number okay. one, Akasua. Akasua is amazing. If you don't follow her on LinkedIn, you should. She does amazing yeah. LinkedIn lives and she's just a true leader. She works at Microsoft as a program manager right now. Right. Check her out. She's amazing. Number two, Sangle. She's one of my mentees. She works at Equibee. She used to work at Cisco. She's an international student. And she's been doing amazing things, especially in her career too as well, but also helping others. She was in our panel too. Number three, Olasheni. Of course, my man Olasheni, one of my mentees too as well, Shenny, as we call him. He's gonna be working as a PM at Microsoft. He actually uh, comes from, he's an international student too as well and posts some amazing content. One of them being about an article in regards to the international experience. So if you guys are interested in international experience and how he was able to get into his career, check that out. Last but not least, one of my last mentees, he's doing an MBA program currently right now, Alvin. He's actually the one who started the I Am Proud to Stand Out Challenge, which is the international challenge. Yep. He is awesome too as well to connect with. He's currently a LinkedIn learning champion, working on the LinkedIn ambassador program and then also helping with a lot of one soul initiatives for the international students. So I would check those four people out. Those people are absolutely amazing to say the least. And I would follow them. Follow in their footsteps, look at exactly what they're doing in their careers. And if you're able to follow them, whether it's on LinkedIn, whether it's getting on phone chats with them, then you will be able to be successful too as well. Right, awesome. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm very familiar with Ola Shani. I've actually, thanks again, Jonathan, you uh, have mentioned him as a referral. We are, we're connected. We're gonna do an interview. Right. I think this weekend we're doing the interview and he's awesome. His story is amazing. He is involved in something called uh, black society engineer, something some, uh, it's an organization to help uh, advance international students from uh, countries like Nigeria. From sorry, Nigeria. Not, Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and one thing I learned about this, and I, I hate to sound ignorant. I'm going to be, I'll just be candid. I'll just be, um, I'm ignorant. I'm not a very uh, international educated person. So, but I was, I was surprised, but what I learned from some of the articles I read, like he did a interview with Kiva Post and he talked about um, how this organization, just like Alpha, um, helps international students because a lot of them uh, specifically, so for BSAEs specifically for uh, Blacks, excuse me, um, and it helps them like understand that there are actually resources out there for them to use in order to advance their careers that they're not aware about. So mm -hmm. definitely, Alshani is going to be a great episode for sure. Um, oh, he's going to be awesome. He's going to be awesome to say the least. Mm -hmm. uh, the other guys, uh, 
let's see, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Akusa, Alvin, and Songli. I'm familiar with them. Not as well. I know Akusa's got the bowl journey going on. Um, Alvin, as you said, started the uh, One Salting uh, Say a Proud Challenge, and Songli was a panelist. Yeah, she's very good, too. So definitely lots mm. of consulting mentees. Thank you for sharing those case studies. They definitely have been crushing it in their own ways, and we'll make sure that's in the show notes. Of course. No problem at all. Yeah, they're awesome people, and I'd love for everybody to connect with them. All right. Jonathan, you've been doing like you've done over 90 workshops now with people all over the world from companies all over the world, with schools all over the world. What's your secret for that? How did you find these guys? What's your process for doing these collaborations? What's your strategy? What's the secret? Dude, good question. Good question. So my secret, my secret for speaking engagement, guys, is you don't go search for them. <laughs> I'm being serious. I'm being serious. The reason being is because for all of my speaking engagements, I've actually never reached out to anybody, which is absolutely crazy, right? So like we said before, don't apply, get referred, right? So it's pretty insane. Like usually about 95% of them, people will reach out in order to do a collaboration with us. And that is the amazing part of consulting. And how I did that was basically growing, growing a personal brand on LinkedIn. Um, so that has been the, the, the key aspect of, for example, people seeing my content and Jerry Lee's content and Dewan Sultan's content, and it's being super beneficial for them to get into their careers, then universities and organizations are then inclined to be like, Jonathan, I'd love to collaborate, especially on your speaker series, or we'd love to bring you guys on to speak with us. And so that's how we actually get all our speaking engagements, just from LinkedIn. So that's why it's been incredible to say the least. Um, you know, we have our partnerships actually joining our partnerships intern, Oliver Poor, uh, who will be leading that now. So now we can have some outbound rather than all inbound. So, um, but yeah, it's all due to LinkedIn. Shout out to LinkedIn and Jeff Wiener. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. I like that. Uh, you brought up something that was an interesting insight was that it was um, people were talking about it, right? People. I, so there's a, workshop. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Marcus Murphy from Digital Marketer. He's director of partnerships. And one thing that he said is how he's able to get a Digital Marketer and Ryan Dice into stages like 10x growth conference with Grant Cardone is through relationship building, through LinkedIn. He's doing this by building buzz. So for example, he wanted to do a partnership with Salesforce. And I think most of us would think, well, just if you're into B2B sales, you try to go directly to the VP. What Marcus discovered what he did was he focused on building buzz. He focused on building relationships uh, with the people at Salesforce. They started talking about Marcus Murphy and Digital Marketer. And eventually uh, the VP and COO approached Marcus and Digital Marketer to do these deals. So I think it's just want to hammer that in as much as I can. The power of personal branding and using LinkedIn messaging and networking to uh, not apply, but get referred, have people talk about you. No, exactly. You have to have people talk about you. The crazy thing, Mike, is literally everybody tags us in posts. And we don't right. even say like, yo, post, like, you know, do the XYZ. Like everyone just tags us because organically they're able to be impacted. And that's the amazing part. And that's how word spreads, spreads like wildfire. Exactly. And I'll tell you, like, I, I didn't know who you were until like, I just kept seeing over and over and over. Who's Jonathan? Who's Jonathan? You see a post with someone. <laughs> I attended a speaker panel. And you see like uh, quite a few of them at once and it, it, it works. It's powerful. It's building up the brand uh, exponentially. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Jonathan, what final thoughts do you have to help motivate international students to get started or take their network to the next level? Because I know um, the biggest thing I've seen with my students personally, as well as 
just in general is that most people like they know they're supposed to use LinkedIn. They know they should be uh, posting content. They know they should be at least networking, approaching people who have the positions they want, people, students who are just like them, professionals who are just like them, but they, they don't know what to do. They don't feel comfortable doing it. They, they don't have the, the confidence or the courage. Uh, what, what thoughts do you have to help them? Yeah, so if you're an international student or if you just if you're a student, be sure to join communities where you can not only network with more people, but make an impact. The reason why I say this is because if you join a community of individuals where you are able to relate to people who are in there, then you create not only a community, but you create a family of people who will be able to support you in all that you do. So if I'm an international student, I'd reach out specifically to these people because if you do so, you're gonna be able to meet so many more people. And guess what? Like you said, relationship building. They might know someone who is specifically working at a company that you are interested in. Then you can be able to network with them and that can lead to more opportunities. Number two, if you guys don't have an internship, don't have a position, make your own position or internship. How you can do this is through the Wansolting Project 2020. We are partnering with some companies um, in regards to bringing these opportunities to students. So make your own projects. Make it towards something that you are specifically passionate about, but also make it towards something that you see yourself doing in the next few years. I did this when I wanted to work at Deloitte and Snapchat, and it helped me tremendously with networking. So do it towards a company or an industry that you are specifically interested in. Last but not least, third part, my final thought is don't be afraid to reach out. You never know who's going to respond to you. You know, I've reached out to about 50 EVPs, CEOs, COOs. Most of them didn't get back to me, but mm -hmm. some of them did. You never know who's going to respond. Imagine you having a CEO on your side and they're making the hiring decision for you. As an international student, they will look at you and be like, you have good talent. I want you on my team. And that will overlap every single thing that you need in order to get yourself into your career. So definitely do that. And those are my final thoughts for the day. That's amazing, Jonathan. I love it. Love this uh, one salting uh, project that you've got going on, which I think is really going to help a lot of students uh, who lost their internships due to COVID. It's going to help them and not only get the experience they need, but also able to direct it towards companies that they really want to get to. So that gives it it's a nice double win there. Also want to talk about, I appreciate the, uh, the fact that yeah, most people won't respond, like you said, like there's a it's a numbers game. There's lots of reasons people don't respond, um, but all you need is one. So if you had a CEO, for example, at the right company or the right person, um, even if he can't get you at that job at that company, he would still be a very powerful advocate. He probably has friends who can get you in somewhere else. So definitely, I think um, even though it's it's it, it can be scary, it's not very fun, and you don't know what's going to happen. But it's, it's absolutely worth it. You know, Jonathan, as you said, uh, he started out, he approached thousands when he started out uh, monthly because he knew that applying for jobs online, you're just, there's just no way. You're not going to beat the uh, applicant tracking system with the volume, the sheer volume of applicants and the sheer amount of referrals. You must, 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 must get referred in. And you do that by building relationships. Always, right? always build relationships, everybody. Jonathan, how can people get in touch with you in one salting? Of course. Yeah. If you want to reach me, please add me on LinkedIn, Jonathan Javier. 
say that you saw me speaking on Michael's podcast, definitely add that to the personalized invite. If you're interested in working with us, send us an email at hello at onesulting.com or check out our website at onesulting.com. If you're interested in partnering up with us for events, our email is partnerships at onesulting.com. And that's how we do it. And LinkedIn, definitely follow us on LinkedIn too as well for our speaker series. We're having our next speaker series come out. We've already had 2,000 people sign up in a day, which is crazy. So keep up to date with what we're doing and we'll see you soon. All right. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Thank you for being on the show. Of course. Thank you. And everybody have a good day. Thanks for listening to the International Career Show. For all the show notes and resources listed for this episode, head over to michaelsbusinessenglish.com forward slash podcast. If you like this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you liked so we can continue improving the show. If you'd like to interact with me and other fans of the show, join our private community. Check the show notes for details on how to get in. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is your host, Michael Rincon, signing off.